Eric Veal with the AppsJack Capable Communities Podcast, and I am coming to you from Seattle, Washington, which is home of Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Boeing, and an incredible startup ecosystem that rivals Silicon Valley. Each episode, I bring on friends and guests who are executives and business leaders from the local community and around the world to talk about a topic that we find very interesting. Please enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome back for another version. Uh, We're here and we're going to talk today about risk, compliance, remediation, and resiliency. And I'll let my guests introduce themselves, starting with Richard Webb. Uh, Richard Webb. um, I'm an architect, uh, enterprise level, and I work uh, consulting with uh, large Fortune 2000 companies. Yeah, I'm Ruben Ortega. Glad to be here. I'm co-founder of a new technology law firm focused on uh, corporate governance, SEC work, privacy regulation, and uh, excited. And I'm Ralph Kleen, president of Lean PM. Um, my company specializes in project management and program management, as well as business preparedness. So uh, it's great to have all these guests today. These are some super talented people. We're here in our uh, studio in West Seattle today, and we'll get right into the details in just a moment. All right, we're, we're going to talk this time about basically uh, compliance, expectations, and success in the eyes of uh, reality or in, uh, from the perspective of a customer who's willing to pay or, uh, to use some of Richard's words, are, are flirting or, or have a, a flirtatious enough relationship with the service provider that, that there's some uh, rapport and, and val- valuable uh, context of exchange that's there. But, but basically, this conversation is about compliance. But we can look at it from a variety of different lenses, whether it's reality and like we like we said on the previous episode, that um, we basically are in a world now of continuous disruption, where the requirement that's upon us is probably continuous transformation. That we can't really just half-ass it anymore, or there's no real thing left anymore that we can just rest on our laurels and and be be safe and and just kind of go and punch the clock because it doesn't work like that anymore. So how, how do people survive and succeed given this kind of new level of competitiveness, competition, chaos, et cetera? So is it from an individual perspective? Yeah, I think let's talk about it from the perspective of what could an entrepreneur or CEO um, do or any perhaps like manager, anybody that kind of owns an area in a business that has to lead a change. If it truly is chaotic, if it truly is competitive, if it truly is risky, how do you take risk and be successful in doing so? Well, I, if I could just speak first here, I, I would say that, first of all, I'd like to get a perspective on what, com, what, I, what we mean by compliance first. So I'd like to speak to that from my perspective. Compliance is, is operating in accordance with the laws, rules, and regulations, and policies and procedures of the enterprise of what you are in charge of or that you, who you work for. And I think that's too myopic. So that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to reframe that well, for you. That, you, that yeah. is the core, though, compliance. That's, yeah. have but not you. for the enterprise. I think, and it's back oh, to this well, issue of knowledge. Enterprise. That's the issue. Well, enterprise, you can be. Let's take perspective from the multinational uh, viewpoint. In a, from a multinational viewpoint, from which I come from, and I will say is that. There's a a myriad of laws and regulations out there, and a company has to be compliant with them. And by God, we got an attorney here. Um, Is correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, there are laws that are out there uh, that 
are incompatible with the laws that we have in the United States. Some of them were as a result of the Nixon administration. Um, I forgot the law for that, but... Uh, well, well, I mean, there's conflicts. A, a good, there's a good, conflicts. A good example of this is the, is the big data laws that are happening right now. Right. The European Union is all in upheaval, changing how uh, data can be transmitted between the U.S. and, and the European Union. Um, there's a new regulation coming into effect in, in May of 2018 that's mm-hmm. dealing with how we can be compliant not only with EU law but the U.S. law because the, the standards and even just the basic structure of the law uh, is so different in, exactly. in in just those two examples, and when we talk about you know the cloud and the internet, I mean mm-hmm. that's that touches every everybody's life. My data is probably in some server in in the European Union that I have now have a right to go and talk to a company that owns that server and say I'd like my data back. And according to the EU, that has to happen. But it, if you're a U.S. company, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. How do you comply with that law? Oh, exactly. Here, here's exactly. a point I'm trying to make is the question I have is what, what if compliance meant failure? What if, what if you knew what all the rules and regulations were? And what if you did what you were told to do? And you, you had bought this story hook, line, and sinker all along that if you comply and brush your teeth and floss and whatnot that you can live forever, mm. the, the question is... What if what if you did were really good at compliance? But, what but if you I, listened yeah. really well, but you knew that that was actually if you literally did that and focused on that, you would actually fail. So, so how do you resolve that? Add, you will not fail. You'll be punished. You will yeah. be punished. Mm-hmm. A type of punishment. No, you will be punished because you 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 didn't comply. It's a parent to child. Mm-hmm. It's back to the amoeba. You're going to be fought. Now, I just want to add here, and, and I agree with you, and I also agree with you, and I'm not advocating this, but I understand people who have their own business have two sets of books. Yeah, well, that's good. So, uh, you know, I, I've, heard, I've, heard, I've heard all of these, these horror stories. I mean, especially in the startup world, and we got, you know, a new company, and they come in with their co-founder, and they want to do this thing, and they don't have two pennies to roll together. And I, and I don't tell them to go form an LLC because they don't have anything yet. They don't have – they have a hobby maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there is this level of risk versus reward uh, and punishment versus success that we got to... Well, the compliance brings in punishment. Yeah. Right, exactly. This Not compl- risk. Sure, sure. The compliance Although the intent cost. of the law that you're complying with, and theoretically, is to protect the public good, right? That's what I... Thank you. I think that's where we're going. Is yeah. there are these things that are going to build up as we deal with disruption and we deal with people that realize that they have to adapt. What you were saying about, I can't punch a clock, this is hard for me, I gotta change. But as we move forward, we all know we're gonna be buried with more, like look at the cloud, the the compliance around cloud is a brand new set of things that is probably fill this building if we printed it all out. Same with privacy, same with data. These are brand new things, right? We haven't even started. So from your perspective, interested, you know, from a law, how are we going to handle all the stuff that's going to be thrown at us to comply to? Because I don't have enough time to read it. So I have two thoughts. My first thought is, uh, speaking to the, the, the crowd that may be listening to that's entrepreneurs, the way to disrupt all of this is to figure out how to simplify that. So good luck with that business idea. Go ahead and take that. And then two, um, I, I recently attended a, a leadership training uh, event down in uh, San Diego. And... Uh, a Top Gun Air Force pilot um, and instructor gave a, a great a discussion about what he called the OODA loop. And it was a, it was a theory presented by some World War II pilot. I wish I had all the names for you. 
But the, the basic gist of his, his conversation was that at the end of the OODA loop, O-O-D-A, the A stands for act. And if, if we as businesses or individuals or uh, enterprises fail to act because we are caught in the quagmire of compliance, whether that's, um, you know, uh, just being stuck in analyzing and, and, and trying to keep up on everything rather than acting in some manner. It didn't manner. Act, act They did. They totally did. And I think in the long run, we're going to find out that acting in some manner intentionally is better than doing nothing, is better than being stuck in, in paralysis by analysis, right? And as a legal counsel to a lot of businesses in a lot of different stages, whether that's, you know, seedlings or saplings or these giant redwoods that are off to do, you know, an awesome merger and acquisition, there's risk at every stage and there's uh, the ability to move through that, manage it, account for it, and then move forward. Because if you just, if you just stop and go, well, we got we to look at this again, or we got to figure out how to actually solve this 100%, your, your business will be stagnated. Your, your ability to, to adapt will be stagnated. You have to move. You'll be in a shock. You'll freeze. You freeze. You'll freeze. And, and, you, have, and, and you have to move. And, and, and Ruben, I, I will, from personal experience, both as a manager and also as uh, a platoon leader and also as a uh, project manager and program manager, one of the worst things that's demoralizing on your workforce uh, is indecision and the inability to move forward. People will be extremely frustrated. They prefer, they would rather in some cases have a bad decision than no decision at all. And not to get political, but look at how the last election cycle went. A decision was made that some would say would be extremely bad, but what it was is people were crying for a different direction and a, and, and a decision was made. And in three years or however long, another decision will be made. And making that decision and having that election, regardless of the outcome, Well, isn't important. that the key to compliance, okay, is to make proper decisions? The key to compliance is to, I, to change behavior so you make mm -hmm. a proper decision to the public good. I mean, I think that's the core of what you guys were saying earlier. The issue is, is I am building robots. I am building cloud. I am building new things, okay, that don't exist yet. I'm just talking about me. I'm talking about the world. Mm -hmm. And it's changing so fast that we've even changed how we define intelligence. Intelligence now is to learn, unlearn, and relearn. That's yeah. the definition of very intelligence. Very important. Very important. Before, it was, intelligence was very different. Now I have to unlearn what I've learned and relearn it. But how do I know what I've learned is right, real, or not? Now we're going to turn to compliance. I'm using it because that's part of our frame today. Mm -hmm. Well, I am buried. I can't read a library of compliance. I can't program a library of compliance. And then we have different levels of compliance, which we brought up. We have government, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about social compliance, which came up earlier about, you know, people's feelings, and, and that's very powerful, you know, social compliance. But I'm also seeing out of social compliance, which Europe is really big on, that core issues that should be regulated are being missed, that actually affect public good at an infrastructure deep level, because they're so worried about the social. And vice versa, things that people don't care about that really want change, we're maintaining in law, saying, you know, shall do it this way, because that's the way we do it. You see, and this balance is gonna get so rough for us, 
as humans because the only people who care about compliance are humans because we're the only ones who build stuff to comply to. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is... Unless a- nature does it. I haven't seen her give me a, a thing to say, do it or else. Well, and I think this is a, the great example the of this is, is probably in the automated car industry, mm-hmm. right? California can't change their laws fast enough to keep uh, Google happy with the, the progress they're making on their cars. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just tried it again to where fully autonomous cars are now able to drive on the road. Um, but can we get Congress to act that fast? No way. This world that we're living in is going to become so rapidly changing with technology. It's become irrelevant. That... that, that, that the laws won't even be passed before they're irrelevant. Exactly. And I think, personally, this, the, the idea of social compliance will, will take a higher precedent to a company's and an enterprise's success than actual legal compliance. So you're really getting, uh, for my understanding you correctly, we're saying you pretty much you got the social compliance, the government compliance, or legal compliance, whatever. There's an inelasticity that's occurring between the two spectrums. Because of the inefficiency of the, the system. Yeah, That's that, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the issues is, you know, to take kind of a dystopian approach, is some <laughs> of this is to fix our world. We built a technology to fix our world. I'm going to use autonomous cars as an example. People are pretty shitty drivers. I admit I'm a terrible, you know, I'm not very good. So the issue is, is because I daydream, what I drive. <laughs> so the issue is it's a bad thing. So I have an collision, it goes off, it saves lives. Okay, uh, so last year I would have been in six major accidents, 100% my fault, without the anti-collision. <laughs> so I'm not jo- joking by any means that that technology has saved other people's lives. Sure. That would have been my problem. And uh, you learn about yourself and you know how you're made. But the issue being is this technology needs to be in place, some of us believe, because we built it to help fix our world, because the world's so complicated to fix. Now, if I can't get autonomous cars going to make it safe so I can go sit in the back and plan my next thing to fix something that I want to fix to help people because I'm so worried about driving in a cluster, whatever, traffic. I'm wasting my life in traffic. I'm dying. I'm wasting my your talent. We're, we're dying. Let's just be clear. It's the, probably the worst thing. It's hell. If you see Supernatural, it's a great where everybody's in line in hell and they go to the front and they didn't fill the paper and they go to the back of the line. <laughs> where hell, 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 Crowley made hell self-manage <laughs> so he could go play. Oh my God, I love that, that, that show. But the issue being is we need a way out of this mess. Okay, it's going to get worse, but we need a way out. And it's going to take, uh, there's a huge business opportunity to make this change. Uh, working with a, a, a local in, uh, uh, insurance We've been simplifying the benefit books. We've been simplifying the legal ramifications where you can have a single sheet of paper for your health care benefit explanation rather than a booklet that was written by tax lawyers. I mean, that, and to get that through has been, you know, it's an amazing change. If it goes through, it could change the world of health care. But that level of risk-taking to reduce the compliancy complications allows us to still be in the game. I am concerned that if we don't deal with these things, we will be buried under the rules of compliancy, which we cannot fathom in our lifetime, and we will be stuck in a quagmire of not being able to act. I, I think there's even a greater risk outside of the quagmire because I'm really good at ignoring things like my kids that I don't want to pay attention to. So I could ignore a book of rules, 
But what it really does, I think, on the fundamental level of our society is it makes uh, the whole idea of rules being important and people should follow rules uh, obsolete. And people will say, oh, I, I haven't had a driver's license for 20 years because nobody's checked, right? And what does that mean? Well, that means I don't need to pay attention to the cops when they, when they pull me over because all they're going to do is really check my driver's license. And I think it undermines this whole rule of law because we've, we've created for ourselves a system that's so inefficient that it's not practical. And, and I think that we run risk in, from an enterprise perspective that um, without stability that the rule of law brings, no business can be successful. Right. Well, you know, you can have all the compliance in the world and back to the business perspective. And I would say that, you know, you can have the rules, the regulations, the ethics and everything else and promulgate them. But the bottom line is the tone starts at the top. And from a business perspective, you can have all those things in place but if the top level people, the, the intelligentsia, people that, well, they set direction. Or it, it, then they set the direction and the attitude, and they will, if they view compliance as a burdensome uh, set of regulations or something, they will do things like work in the background and do things. Or have Money laundering, perhaps, you know, or they may invoke uh, attorney client privilege. Um, all those type of things that could have a deleterious effect on society as well. So I think we got to look at it from the perspective we do need compliance, uh, but what that, what degree of compliance is the real issue? I think there's a cognitive issue, and I think there is a way out. The way out is to take the compliance, and this is the thought that I put on the panel here, is to simplify it cognitively so that people understand it. Mm -hmm. Legalese is old. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I'm not going to argue. Are you nodding yes or no? I was saying that legalese is around because attorneys used to get paid by the word. And so the longer For the word, waste at its highest So did Dickens. <laughs> so did Dickens. Well, yeah. but, the, but let me finish this thought. Then I'm going to come back. I'm, I'm not, but I see your point. But also it had to do, there was an intelligence. They wanted to be precise. Mm -hmm. They wanted other smart people not to tear it apart. And they wanted the riffraff dumb people to stay the hell away mm -hmm. and pay them. So I get that. Now, in architecture, that doesn't work because we become ivory tower, and they go and they blow out our base and tear our foundation, and we fall out of the sky. Mm -hmm. So it's never worked in architecture very well. That's why everybody drinks. So the issue is, and coming full circle, is we need to simplify the compliance. Mm -hmm. We need to move it into code. We need to move it into control objectives and make it, make it instrumentable where we can so that the cars are reporting back that they're compliant, mm -hmm. okay, or that the systems are reporting back that they are audited that they are right, mm -hmm. and that we audit the audit so that we actually, like a machine writes mm -hmm. code to write code to write code. Right. We do this. So we have a way out of this. But we, the business, going back to the, the leaders, mm -hmm. really need to actually have put programs in place to simplify and fight for the simplification, right. not the eradication or the dumbing down, yeah. but the simplification of getting to the essence of what is socially wanted what is ethically wanted and what is really legally wanted. Yeah, and, and Sorry, it's not really... Im no, it's not impossible. I mean, Napoleon did that, right, in the recodification of the laws. Oh, and was right it? back in... Uh, uh, he was a little lower tech. He yeah. wasn't using our... He, used, he didn't actually, use... Actually, he was high tech. He used <laughs> artillery quite effectively. <laughs> and, and so, anyway, so bottom line is, is my, my approach is, is just a little exper uh, experience... You know, every time I go in and do a, a high-level audit, dealt with ethics or compliance or financial, 
uh, things. And, and I'd give the presentation. Everybody will ask the business people, all the CEO and, the, and all the business unit leaders, and then there's a silence. And there's this one guy sitting in the corner, and he's sitting there at the end of the conference table, and it's the attorney. And then finally they turn to the corporate attorney, and they say, what do you think? And the attorney says, well, I think we might be, you know, it could be in violation of this. we got to look at this. We'll have to go back and look at it and blah, blah, blah. Everything that was said previously was out the door. He was the priest. I could say that as a Catholic. He was the final kind of say that arbiter everybody knew, arbiter, that, that I don't want to go to jail. You know, or I don't want to put the stockholders at risk, and they'll go after me. There's all this, all these types there of things. There is that go a on. retribution. There is a there consequence. Is a a I, have, consequence. I have a comment about this, and then I'll wrap it up. Is is that um, my my opinion? You guys can do one last comment after this if if you're so inspired. But um, the comment about the attorney uh, having the power and an individual at the end that has the power to stomp it all out. A person, a personal individual, like at the subjective level that is making the calls. My preference, or I, I feel like it's possible that the shift could be toward some of Richard's comments about it's not with the person, it's with the product that you materialize the intelligence, you you put that into a product or a service and whatnot, so that it's more objective, less subjective, more auditable, more uh, transparent, and so forth, such that. So that it's not just all on a single individual. So I'll just wrap it up with that. So this has been a a chat about uh, compliance, and um, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the AppsJack podcast. The creator and host of this podcast is Eric Veal. It was recorded, engineered, and produced by Christian Harris. You can contact us and find all our show notes on our website at appsjack.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. If you like what you hear on this podcast, let us know by writing us a very nice five-star review on iTunes and subscribing. You can also find out more by going to appsjack.com meetup to get more information on this month's topic in the corresponding meetup group that Eric hosts in Bellevue, Washington each month. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next month for our next episode of AppsJack Podcast. This has been a Seatown Media production. Find out more at seatownmedia.com, S-E-A hyphen townmedia.com. Media.com.